So do we need to get married? Like we're going to spend our life together anyways. <laughs> we're doing this for a piece of paper or like, what does it mean? So I think that's kind of like where the marriage relevancy comes into the conversation um, is like, what does it actually do? What, what does it mean to be married? And I think that we all have like different perceptions of what that is. Mm. Um, but yeah, what do you, I, I don't, what do you think is marriage relevant? Well, I hear you on that. Conf- it's, is it a conflict? Because I think at the outset, it sounds like we're really gushing about marriage. We've talked yeah. about, you know, recently you did get married. So you'd think like we're both all in on marriage and in a way, yes, I am. I've been married twice. We can talk about that. I've Uh I'm not against marriage, but the other side of me has felt for the longest time, probably from my teens onwards, that... Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole. And welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I am fasting. You are. I wanted to tell you that I haven't had breakfast this (laughs) breakfast. You I haven't missed had your brekkie? Wait a second. Hold the phone. What? <laughs> I know. What's uh, happening? Well, recently, you know how we hosted our event, OzCon. Uh, there were a yep. couple of uh, guys on that trip who were into intermittent fasting. And mm-hmm. I think you've talked about it before. I think I had tried it a couple of years ago, but literally just for a couple of days and got hungry and gave up right away. But for some reason, something switched on this trip because the conversations were around um, how much mental clarity it gave them. Um, You know, we were sitting at breakfast and I could see people who were fasting who just were happy to sit there at breakfast watching everybody else eat. And I was like, wow, look at that exercise of control. That's amazing. Mm. Something just switched in me. And so I thought I'm going to commit to a hundred days of 16. Oh, good for you. A hundred days is legit. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I'm excited for you. All the support girl, all the support. And you know how I solved, well, thank you. And how I've solved for my favorite meal actually being breakfast. Yeah. Is that I just have my first meal as breakfast at 12 o'clock. Breakfast for lunch. Hey, I'm down with the breakfast for dinner too. Sometimes I get very excited about breakfast for dinner. (laughs) There are so many great options for breakfast. So there are. So yeah, Mm -hmm. so I've announced it now. You can hold me accountable. A hundred days takes me to November 28th. Let's see how we go. Okay. What day are you on? Day three. (laughs) No, this is awesome. All right, friends, you heard it here first. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I'm so excited about it. I've, I've been so good, but it is only day three. So so what time do you have dinner? 
Um, well, the whole point is to, to stop eating by eight. I'm doing the 16, eight. So the window is eight hours from 12 to 8 PM. Um, so as long Mm. as we can eat by 637, then I can be done by 8 PM. Got it. And then you eat at noon the next day. Yeah. Okay. I'm proud of you and I'm excited (laughs) to see how you feel on it. Thank you. Well, today's topic is not about intermittent fasting, so we'll just dive into our conversation now. (laughs) Although uh, we could do an entire episode on that. I could talk about that for a long time. (laughs) We'll do it after my 100 days. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That is great. Look forward to it, friends. I do. (laughs) Oh, I do. You see how I did that? I see what you did there. (laughs) I actually didn't do it on purpose. However, today's topic is all about marriage (laughs) and saying I do. Uh, So in today's episode, we're going to talk about whether marriage is relevant, uh, what changes once you're married, if anything, and we're also going to dive into a bit of controversial stuff like diamonds and changing your last name and all that fun stuff. So are you ready for this, Nicole? I am. I'm so excited to talk about this topic. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be a fun topic. And I, because both of us have the personal experience of getting married um, and, you know, an interesting lead up to that. I mean, for me personally, anyways, I started out like, when I was young, of course, I'm going to get married. Like, that's what everyone does. Then going through a period of like, I don't need to be married to like have a great life and be successful and all of that. Then to meeting John and knowing that I was going to spend my life with him. But like actually being very comfortable and confident in the belief and like knowing that I was going to spend my life with him. So do we need to get married? Like we're going to spend our life together anyways. (laughs) We're doing this for a piece of paper or like, what does it mean? So I think that's kind of like where the marriage relevancy comes into the conversation um, is like, what does it actually do? What, What does it mean to be married? And I think that we all have like different perceptions of what that is, Mm. um, but yeah, what do you I, I, what do you think? Is marriage relevant? Well, I hear you on that. Conf- it's, is it a conflict? Because I think at the outset, it sounds like we're really gushing about marriage. We've talked yeah. about, you know, recently you did get married. So you'd think like we're both all in on marriage. And in a way, yes, I am. I've been married twice. We can talk about that. I, uh-huh. I'm not against marriage. But the other side of me has felt for the longest time, probably from my teens onwards, that marriage wasn't an important thing that I had to do or I did kind of I did kind of feel like it was irrelevant and it wasn't necessary mm. to prove anything. It wasn't necessary to to declare, um, you know, my commitment to someone because I had Mm -hmm. long relationships. So I've got this dual side of me that is like, you don't have to get married. Absolutely not. It's almost if you start to read like about the history of marriage and where it came from and all of that, your blood can start to boil very, very quickly. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Because it's all about like, what are some examples? Well, women being the property of men. It was a very very transactional, um, you know. Friends, you know that we call BS on stuff like that. (laughs) Exactly. So when you start to read about all that, you're like, "Mm, 
you know, no, I don't agree with marriage. (laughs) And I don't even want to get into, you know, um, marriage inequality, like, you know, same sex marriage. Like, I just Mm. feel like I feel sad when I think if it's marriage is seen as a declaration of love and yet certain people wouldn't have access to that. If I think about that, then I think like, no, marriage is not relevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then like, I, I think that there's a whole other set of considerations where like, I've heard from people like I did or did not get married for tax purposes. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, <laughs> you know, you do you no judgment here. But it's just it's an interesting piece of the conversation when you think about the reasons why you may you might choose to get married um residency status mm-hmm. like yes. being able to become a citizen um is is a big thing for a lot of people and i'm not saying that those marriages aren't relevant or legitimate mm-hmm. you know everybody has a different like leading reason of why they decide to get married so yeah i can resonate with that because that was one of the reasons loosely uh, for the first marriage that I was in and we were in a very long relationship so at that time it didn't feel like marriage was something that we had to do you know I was committed to we were committed to each other but we were living in Dubai and again that setup when you're living somewhere else there can be certain conveniences Mm -hmm. just the way employment is set up housing is set up all of these things they're just logistical things that can be made a little bit easier more convenient um, if you are married and you know so that's one of the reasons why we had decided to get married to my ex yeah, at the time interesting mm-hmm. and neither of us felt like we were doing something you know it, there was nothing wrong with what we were doing or we didn't feel like we were betraying any mm-hmm. um any of the emotional side of things or yeah we, we were open to it but it wasn't like a necessary statement of our relationship if yeah if you will Yeah, I think of other things too, like a unique thing to Puerto Rico is the way that your estate is handled, um, should you pass, which is like, I'm not trying to be morbid, but you know, some people talk about marriage because they want to make sure that somebody is able to handle their estate or their happenings after they pass. And um, in Puerto Rico, if you don't specifically state it in like a will, Um, or, or have, you know, the proper legal documents for it and you pass, then everything would go to your parents. Uh, so unlike, you know, I know, I think in Australia, you said they call it de facto status when like you, it's kind of like the same legal standing as a marriage. And Mm. I know in some States in the U S they call it like common law, but there, that, that only exists in some States. So like if you don't have that, and I'd love to hear from you more on that in Australia, um, then you would have to specifically state how you want your things handled in the event that something happens to you. So, yeah, it's just, there's so many things, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, there's more to it, right. Than just the Mm -hmm. romantic association of love and marriage and they go together or love and uh, commitment and marriage, all of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what informed where I kind of came from this idea that you didn't really have to get married because of this de facto status that we have um, in Australia. But when I just quickly looked it up, I didn't realize that it was only established in 2009. 
Oh, wow. That's so recent. Yes. I've got an ABC article here, which we'll link up to. It looks like March 1st, 2009, de facto relationships were granted similar rights to married couples. Um, In some states, they had to have lived together for a minimum period before they could claim that. Um, So, you know, 2009, for some reason, I think I always had it in my mind that it was always that way, but I would have been probably too young before that to be aware of, of, you know, the legal kind of standing in Australia. So I was kind of coming from it from that. And I think it's actually quite, I think it's quite cool, really, to be honest, that we, that this exists, that this law exists. So is that kind of like, I don't, I'm thinking, okay, because I definitely looked up common law as well. John and I have been together for 10 years. So if we were living in a state that recognized that, and I want to say some of the states are like seven years, I think is the, the, you know, period of time where that they would consider it basically a marriage, then is, do you kind of see that as like an anti-wedding? Like when you're like, I'm not getting married, I'm doing the common law, or is anti-wedding more like we're going to get married, but I'm going to the courthouse? Yeah, this whole anti-wedding thing has come up a lot recently in the media. I've been reading about it. We saw that J-Lo and Ben Affleck got married and they subscribed to the anti-wedding model. Um, I I think it's different. I think the way I understood, yeah, anti-wedding being more the latter, that it's just we're not doing the big Mm. white wedding, we're not doing the big do and we're not spending tens and or hundreds of that thousands of dollars we're just going very very minimal and we're doing it our way that's what I associate with the anti-wedding okay and it's kind of funny because I'm rarely ahead of the times uh, but I do feel both my weddings were anti-weddings well ahead of the time now that they've become popular. <laughs> you go, girl. You were just following, like, were, was there ever an instance where with your first husband, was he on the same page? Yeah, we were both on the same page. So it, it worked out really uh, well in that sense that we wanted the very, very minimalist, very, you're going to laugh. There were four people who attended the wedding. Really? Your first wedding, four people. Yes. Who was it? Yeah, there were just four friends, actually. Um Two friends, there were a couple, and then another friend of theirs and his mum attended as well. So it was... Your husband's mum? No, this was the thing. No oh, no family. The friend's mum? Yes, the friend of the couple's friend's mum. So there was a guy and a girl who were a couple, their friend, and then that yeah. friend's mum. <laughs> their friend's mum. <laughs> uh, so was there drama around that? Good question. All to say that, um, so when you asked about family... I guess I have, in hindsight, a little bit of regret. At the time, it was all great. Everyone was on board. Um, I don't even remember that my parents were that upset because we had been together for so long and they were like, okay, great, you're finally doing it. No worries. You're you're over there. We're not going to be able to come. But And we said, no, 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 this is going to be very, very low key. And I remember at the time I had, you know, my very close friend who had probably thought like, okay, if you're getting married, you know, I want to be there. And I kind of denied everyone that opportunity, which I feel a little bit bad about now. Um, but it's neither here nor there. Well, that was, I mean, I think that's great that that was like what you guys wanted to do. And that's what you did. Yeah. I've heard, I've had friends who've also just gotten married with the celebrant and it was literally just the two of them, um, more Mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to be on the same page. So in in that case, we're all on the same page. And so, yeah, no regrets there other than 
yeah, possibly I did let down a friend and well, but I mean, on that topic, sometimes I feel I was curious if there was drama around that, because I feel like what sometimes leads people to have like this anti-wedding mentality is they're like, I don't want the drama. Mm. Like if I plan this big wedding and I have this huge celebration and then it's like, you know, these people are going to be chiming in and everyone's going to want to give me their advice. And then I have to invite, you know, X number of people and all these people that I don't even know or that I don't care if they're at my wedding. And so, you know, I think that in some cases that that might be the point where someone's like, "Uh uh-uh, let's go to the Mm -hmm. courthouse. Like, let's elope. Let's invite two of our friends, you know, whatever the case may be and, and just do it. And that's a good point. I guess that kind of goes back to thinking about like all the reasons why someone might choose to get married. Like, are you doing it? And a big part of that is that you want this big wedding celebration or is that not part of it? And again, no judgment. Everybody's got their own, you know, preferences. It's great. Okay, so your first wedding, you get married and you have four people there. And then that relationship came to an end. You guys got a divorce. Um, You meet Omar. You guys are madly in love. And was there ever a point where you were like, I'm not doing that again? Like no marriage, not anti-wedding, but like (laughs) anti-marriage. Yeah, good question. And this is where the contradiction in me lies. Uh, no, I was I was very happy to get married a second time. It's not like I didn't mm. believe that it would be an awesome thing for us to do or that I was against marriage after a marriage ended. Um, yeah, no, I was happy to do it all over again. Yeah, awesome. And you and Omar, as you alluded to already, or as you said already, sort of had like an anti-wedding as well, right? I mean, you guys had a very small ceremony, a very close, tight-knit group of friends, talk about that again yeah it was like let's keep this small let's let's make it happen because we want to make it happen um the first wedding I had was in a church this one was in a park with a celebrant so I've done kind of both (laughs) the two types of weddings um and then our party was in a restaurant so again you know very not that catalog fancy big white fanfare none of that very very low-key and fortunately, again, we were both on on the same page. So it makes me happy to like <laughs> see people creating an experience that's authentic to who they are. Mm. And I think that that is like when I think about is marriage relevant? Well, I think marriage is relevant to the extent that the people participating it, in it um, are doing what they feel is right for them regardless of the reasons. Yeah. And I think that's part of the anti-wedding movement. It needs Mm -hmm. people, I think are looking for more of an authentic experience that represents them. That doesn't represent what typically stereotypically the marriage industry, all those customary things, which we can get into are pushed onto you. And you want to kind of, you oppose that because it just feels like, okay, I'm just doing what everybody else expects me to do, but it actually doesn't feel like us. And we want this to be mm-hmm. more original. We want this to feel more um, like a representation of who we are as people. We're not buying into the industry. We're doing, we're doing us. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge struggle. I mean, I even, I went into planning our wedding with the 
wholehearted intention that it was going to be John and I like this is our thing we're going to do it our way like we're not going to get sucked into all this other stuff but it's hard like the wedding industry and the marketing is good (laughs) (laughs) to the point where I'd like find myself down rabbit holes and be like wait a second why am I at a flower shop right now? I don't even want flowers. Like it, but you find yourself like down these rabbit holes. I think part of that has to do with social media. I think you get Mm. fed. I mean, were you seeing things in your feed across your social accounts through your searches? Mm. And I think again, I said I was ahead of the times. I wasn't ahead of the times. It was kind of pre-social Maybe not the second time around when I got married with Omar, but the first one, I wouldn't have had um, Instagram or Pinterest or any of those um, accounts sending me images and things related to the wedding industry. So I kind of avoided that the Mm. first time around. Mm. So that could be a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I didn't even think about that. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, the internet is like so sneaky good now where you just type something into Google and then you go on Instagram and like the answer to your Google is in your Instagram feed. (laughs) I'm like, it's kind of (laughs) creepy. It's sometimes helpful, but creepy. Yeah. Uh, So when you and Omar got married, you did sort of anti-wedding, kind of like, kind of, yeah. yeah. Kind of. Do you remember getting the question a ton from people after you guys got married? Like, how's married life? What's different? Yes. Because again, it comes down to, and I think this is similar with you and John, when you've been together for a while, you've had a Mm. long quote unquote engagement. Um, It's, you know, it's not like we got met six months before that and then we decided to get married. Um, So we got that question and This is, now I'm going to go back to the person in me that feels marriage is irrelevant. I rarely feel like it's, it's different. Mm. It's more for other people. It's, it's more the way you're viewed from another person's perspective versus to the way that I feel, um, somehow different. And I genuinely believe that I don't feel any different, which I actually think is a positive thing, but I don't know. What do you, how is it for you? Yeah, gosh, to be honest, like I did feel kind of different. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's like little things like that because, and you know, I want to do more digging into this. There's (laughs) something there, Um, but like little things, you know, we were just in Maine a couple weeks ago and, and we did a family reunion and it's like, in the past, you know, I'd go to these family events and and people, you know, you'd be in a conversation, somebody asks, like, how are you related to the family? Like, where do you belong in this family mm-hmm. tree? Um, and I always just felt kind of like, well, I'm John Lee's girlfriend. <laughs> and like that felt kind of like high school or something. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> older though, you get. Like, yeah. I didn't I, I mean, I didn't personally have a problem with it. But I don't know, maybe I did. Maybe like I'm not admitting to myself that I did. Because when I was back a couple of weeks ago and I got to say my husband is John Lee, it felt different. Like, I, I don't know. I hear where you're coming from. There is something as we get older that just feels very high schooly or just odd in some way to refer to a boyfriend after a certain mm-hmm. age, which again, why is that? Um yeah. For all intents and purposes, it shouldn't be 
Because I think it comes back to the expectation that by a certain age you should be married. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. now we could be really unpacking certain things because then it wouldn't feel so strange for you to just refer to him as your boyfriend. But maybe the yeah. older you get, I don't know. And in some ways, I'm like, we don't feel like we need a marriage certificate to like prove that we're spending our lives together. Is kind of like what I, you know in a very reactive state would think when people would say stuff like that, I wouldn't say it, but it's mm. what I was thinking. <laughs> well, I, that's what I think in the sense that maybe it comes down to what does marriage mean to you as an individual? For some mm-hmm. people, it, it does signify a lock in commitment, um, a declaration of love. Whereas mm-hmm. if it doesn't, if that's not how what it means to you, then you're not going to put so much emphasis on the importance of it. And I think from like cultural backgrounds, religious backgrounds, you know, there's a lot that goes into it from that aspect as well. Like mm. John and I aren't super religious people. And I think that marriage a lot of the times in the church is like, you know, oh my goodness, you live together and you got, you're not married. Mm. Like, Tisk tisk tisk. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Or like the thought that you would have children and not be married, like, oh my gosh. So I think that culturally and from like a religious standpoint, you know, a lot of the times that might be a huge reason why people get married. Yeah, exactly. Your upbringing. That's a good point. Maybe I can, it's almost not a position of privilege, but my perspective maybe came from the fact that, yeah, even though my parents were Italian, grew up in a time, you know, in, in 1950s Italy, where it's expected for uh, two people to be married, if they, especially if they're mm-hmm. going to live together, I still didn't feel like they, they threw that pressure on me. Um, and so maybe that's where mm-hmm. kind of my more, um, your rebellious attitude. Is it, is it rebellious? It's, it's rebellious <laughs> no, against the tradition. Well, I mean. I guess maybe. There is, there is a pretty strong tradition. I mean, if we're going to think about some of the customs, like changing your last name, for example, mm. I feel very strongly and have always felt strongly about absolutely not needing to change my name. And I'm yeah. very happy to be married. I'm, you know, I'm excited and, and it's not like I, I regret that, you know, Omar and I got married. I, I love the fact that we're married. But some of the traditional customs of like changing my name, I absolutely don't feel like I have to do and don't and want to do. And the first time either, right? When you Same. got married the first time, no changing exactly. your name. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and in both cases, no one put any pressure on me to, to do so. Mm. which again is lucky, I suppose. Lucky. I don't know if that's the right word for it. Well, I feel like I've gotten a lot of external questioning around whether I'm going to change my name. Like so many people have asked me that to the point where I'm like, wow, or like, do people say it just because that kind of seems like what you might ask someone? Um, but yeah, I ha- it has stood out to me that so many people are like, so are you going to change your name? And one of the articles that you had shared before we jumped on, I didn't get a chance to read through it in totality, but I was so intrigued because I didn't even know that this was a thing at all, that there are a lot of places that you are not allowed to. Yeah. It was the Time article, right? What yeah. The Time article, because it says that in the U.S., women are increasingly changing their names. Um, well, I would say in the U.S., it's expected. 
That is the feeling that I get. If I were to just say what the Australian mindset is, I would say it's not expected. But again, it could be the, you know, the, the people I'm surrounded by. Mm. I'm actually kind of not sure, but my instinct is to say it's not expected. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, then um, it does, because it is interesting, isn't it? Like what countries, because I remember spending a lot of time in Spain and I always remember noticing that in Spain that women keep their maiden names. And I think I saw in that article as well that it's very common that you would be happy to go by your husband's last name just in conversation for conversational purposes, but that on paper, your driver's license, your passport, you know, social media names, that none of that would be changed. Yes, that is interesting, isn't it? Because there's this tradition and expectation, which goes back to, I suppose, where marriage comes from. And that's kind of where I have the rejection of marriage, that side of me that feels like it's irrelevant because it comes from that tradition, which also ties into being the property of a man. Therefore, you take their name. Yeah, the tradition of it kind of like there's so many things now that we're like, oh, well, that's tradition. Like you get married and you take your husband's last name. But when you really dig back into why that became a tradition, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> the blood starts to boil. That's what happens yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So I didn't know that you were like so strong and steadfast in that um, decision that there was never even a question for you. Because it does. I don't, this is the way my brain works or the way I think it doesn't make sense to me. Mm. I think why I really genuinely yeah. think why and, and why not the other way around. And I know someone yeah. could be like going, <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course there's a reason. But again, I really think that reason is tradition and I, but I just don't deeply understand the the reason why two people could just can't keep, especially because I think, well, you know, there's history be behind my name. Also that situation where it happens all the time. I was recently on a podcast interview and the woman's last name was Greek. It sounded Greek. I love always like being able to pick last names. I said, oh, mm -hmm. are you Greek? And she's like, no, it's my husband's name. I'm Australian. That I mean, I hear that yeah. all the time, right? That happens often. So, okay, a confusion like that aside, which seems really trivial, I just don't understand. So maybe where do you think those people who are asking you that, that question, what is their perspective? Why are they so, you know, curious or interested or keen maybe for you to change your name? What's that perspective? Yeah, I don't know. I think that it's just like so traditional that you would do that, that it's kind of like, what, like, why haven't you done it? Or, or just, I guess, yeah, curious if you are going to. I guess the fact that they're asking the question means that they do have room to expect that I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So I guess yeah. that's something. Yeah. I, I do want to say that I had a, a conversation. I don't even remember who I had this conversation with, but I actually feel like I've had this conversation a couple of times. Um, it's interesting when you bring kids into the equation, because then that's another layer of like, okay, so do your children take your last name or your husband's last name? And I think typically speaking, mm -hmm. if you have separate last names that the child would take your husband's last name. And I have heard from some moms that that becomes very annoying 
because you Mm -hmm. go to pick your child up at school and this child doesn't have the same last name as you, like, who are you? And, you know, kind of that whole thing. Not that I think that that type of thing should make you feel pressured into changing your last name, but it's like, that's kind of annoying. I don't think that it should be that way, but... But I agree. I can see the, yeah, that annoying factor, that inconvenience. So I think maybe the whole situation is ripe for disruption and there could be a new standard place. Like everybody hyphenate. Let's all hyphenate. (laughs) Dad, mom, kids, (laughs) both sides. And then it solves for all these issues, right? I don't know. Oh my gosh. No, then we'd have like some generations with had like seven or eight different last names. That's the problem. <laughs> but that's what I think that's what happens in Spain. Like I remember seeing like quite an, ex- uh, like a very long, long. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is kind of some of this stuff. And again, we go back to and continue to say like everyone has their own reasons. Mm. We respect those. Yeah. Everyone makes different decisions for different reasons, which is totally fine. But it's the stuff like this that I start to talk about where I'm like, this is not what marriage is to me. Like, Mm. (laughs) and, and there are, you know, things like the documentation of it. I mean, when we were looking into getting our marriage certificate and having to take, like, there were tests that we had to take, there's timeframes and time limits and, um, deadlines. And, and I'm just like, wait a second, this is like, I'm getting married because I love this person and I want to spend the rest of my life with him. And I'm happy to have an outward show of that, uh, and, and proclaim our love for each other and share Mm -hmm. that with our friends and our family and have this celebration, like all of that. But, but all this paperwork is kind of making me like feel icky. (laughs) Mm. Are, Are there like, I don't know. I just feel like there are certain things that kind of put a damper on all the excitement and the love. Yeah, I think if it gets all to that level of complication, uh, and let's not even think about or go into, because I don't have any experience, prenups, all of that stuff. Like when you start Mm. to layer all this paperwork, it does start to feel more transactional again, going back to the maybe, or just, yeah, it kind of kills that, the the sentiment, right? It kills that yeah. sentiment of the romantic side of the love, the commitment, the the fun, you know, the celebration aspect of it. And I, I also think like, I mean, I feel like we could sit here arguing both sides of this all night, right? <laughs> or all morning for you, all night for me. Um, I do think that there's like a, a responsibility to yourself and to your family and to um, your children potentially mm-hmm. to have that stuff in order. So... There are instances of like, you know, this stuff is important in some ways. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's a good point, too, about just other infrastructure and bureaucratic mm -hmm. setups that need to or that you need to consider. Yeah, Yeah. because we can have this fun kind of just ah, marriage is irrelevant. I love this person. We just stay together. We have de facto recognition. Like we don't need to spend all that money. We don't need to prove anything. And then there's all these other arguments for it. Considerations. (laughs) Yeah, considerations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I love marriage. (laughs) I do. And even though I didn't attend your wedding, I'm definitely excited when someone else is getting married and I get invited and I get to go. I mean, that's a, a lot of fun too. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, and, and and I go back to to the thought of like before 
John proposed and we were engaged and we had our wedding and all of that. I was very happy to spend our lives together. Like that was, it was never like not enough for me, you know? Mm, yeah. I'm with you. And I, you know, that's, that, that's our context too. Like there's lots of different contexts. Um, when I was living in Dubai, I had a lot of teacher friends who, um, Indian background, different, lots of different backgrounds. And I first learned about people being in arranged marriages and saw mm. and heard their experiences, which for me, for, it was the first time I was hearing about that. And I was like, Oh, that, you know, how, how can that work? How can you be happy? And I had so many examples of people that had found happiness, were happy in those situations that would be so yeah. different to what, you know, I grew up with or what I thought was, you know, a typical, a typical marriage. So yeah, this is definitely, you know, a very personal thing, a very, you know, out my perspective, your perspective. Um, we could obviously talk about so many different <laughs> perspectives yeah, all the, on this. Yeah, all the rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, uh, hopefully everybody uh, gets that, you know, we're having this conversation and fun. And again, no judgment. Uh, we definitely recognize that there's a lot of experiences that we haven't had around mm -hmm. yeah. culture, religion, uh, and, and the many, many, many reasons why someone might decide to get married or decide not to get married. So full respect there. But I had fun with this convo, Nicole. <laughs> I did too. We've never talked about uh, some of the some of the customs and it's been like changing names and all of that. So I'm glad yeah. that we got to hash it out a little bit today. Yes. And we hope that you friends have enjoyed it as well. As we close out today's chat on marriage, we hope you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.